Greetings wrestling fans and welcome to another edition of the Ragin' Rundown where the Ragin' Marks talk about what's going on in the world of wrestling news. I'm one of your hosts, Ravishing Randy, joined to my left by TNK, my head of life mate. What's up, brother? <laughs> Dude, excited, man. Another weekend. Here we go. On my right, I got Rampage Ramsey in studio. What's going on, my man? Not much. Doing some research for us for later on. Sounds good. Well, on today's edition of the Rundown, April 27th, 2022, um... Not like a ton of uh, like landmark stories in the wrestling world, but we'll still go over them bit by bit what is out there. Uh, reports are out there that WWE is planning even more stadium shows for 2023. Um, according to Andrew Zarian of the Matt Men Wrestling Podcast, WWE is planning more stadium shows in 2023 than they have planned in 2022. Tweeting out, a source over at WWE mentioned that WWE intends to run more stadium shows moving forward in next year. Just for reference, 2022 has eight stadium events. Uh, the goal is to make this the new norm. This is a Nick Khan approach uh, when it comes to premium live events. The scalability of large stadiums is very beneficial when it comes to having live attendance over 15,000. The event doesn't have to be a sellout of 50,000 plus. But now you have room to do twenty to 35,000 uh, person shows more often, leading to a much higher revenue and a higher level of excitement for the event. Um, he would later post a follow-up, Zarian did, uh, regarding this bold new strategy by WWE, stating, Remember, a lot of this is also an optics battle for media positioning. Um, WWE's next scheduled stadium show is uh, set to take place at Money in the Bank. Uh, on July 2nd at Allegiant Stadium on a Saturday. So, um, yeah, I was going to say, the, the fact that uh, WWE is now going this route, they're kind of moving out of arenas and moving to the big stadiums. Well, I love the big stadium feel because it makes it more entertaining to watch. Because when we saw SummerSlam last year, the card wasn't that spectacular, but they had to do something after what AEW did earlier with the return of CM Punk, and I thought they really put a great show, and having 50,000 people in Allegiant Stadium uh, with Las Vegas Raiders play was pretty badass, because it just made it feel it made it feel like Wrestlemania. Yeah. And it made it just that much more entertaining to watch when the fans get that into it, and that much energy is there. And also, like, WWE announced, uh, you know, that they're going to return to, uh, well, they're going to turn to Principality Stadium, United Kingdom. They're going to go to Cardiff, Wales. Yeah. At the, uh, the football stadium. Or the rugby stadium, sorry. So, like, they could fit, like, what, 75,000 fans there, roughly? So, I mean, that's pretty freaking... Well, I think if there's one thing that we've been clamoring for, um, I mean, you go back to, like, SummerSlam 92 and that feel that... That was that at Wembley Stadium, yeah, and then had 80,000 people. So, the people were begging United Kingdom for them to come back for another big event. And now with these premium live events on Saturdays, I mean, you see what they do with Saudi Arabia. They put mm -hmm. it on an earlier show. They're about, what, United Kingdom was six hours ahead, maybe? Maybe yeah. further? So, they could still... Do it here in America at, you know, what, 2 o'clock or something, or 1 o'clock, and people still tune in, I think. 2 o'clock, okay. And people still tune in, and you, know, the, the, you give those people in Europe what they've been clamoring for, and you'll do a, I'm not saying 70,000, but you'll get, like you were saying, 20, 30, 40, maybe even 50,000 people over there. You know, like, the only counter-argument I can make against this would be, you know, like, why does WrestleMania feel as big of a deal when you do it inside of those big stadium events? Okay, it's because it's not like the normal premium live event. It's not like the normal, 
you know, deal where it's an arena. It sets itself apart. It's the biggest show of the year. And I get, like, maybe some of your big marquee premium live events, like a SummerSlam, or even Money in the Bank has gotten to that level where it's in that conversation, or Royal Rumble. Royal Rumble, yeah. It makes sense for shows like that. But now if we're looking to do a slate of premium live events where almost every one of them is at one of these stadiums, does that take away from the allure of, like, those special premium live events? No, no because what probably what they failed to mention is it's the Saudi Arabian shows, mm-hmm. it's going to Australia, it's going to London, probably to Germany. So, yeah, those make sense to have those venues that big. Well, yeah. But WrestleMania is still going to be a two-night event. It's going to be the biggest time of the year because that's where everybody in, in the world goes toward. But with having... doesn't make sense to be in London or in, in the United Kingdom and be at the O2 when you could be at Wembley. Right. You know, so... No, it makes sense to be if it's in foreign markets. Now, money in the bank at Allegiant, I think that's a little bit too big because especially... The one thing that you didn't mark on is 28 days later, they're going to be in Nashville for SummerSlam. Right. In the same month. So it's like within a month, they're going to have two big stadium shows. I think now that gets kind of like, you know, all right, so you're going to go to Vegas or you're going to go to for Money in the Bank or you're going to go to Nashville for SummerSlam. You know, it just kind of... Uh, in Vegas, you're gonna have more tourists, and isn't towards the beginning of the month, around Fourth of July, or maybe was it late? Ju- yeah, it's July second. July second. Okay, so you're gonna have I a lot of people there on a Saturday too, in Nashville. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's later in the the month, but you're like, okay, so Nashville, what pro- is that gonna pull out as many people as Vegas because of tourism? It's just easier to go that way. But I still think they'll they'll do a decent turnout in Nashville. I, I think they'll probably sell out in Nashville than they would do in Vegas. Because Nashville, you got short drives. And plus, WWE, I hate to say this, they're going to do that day weekend on the 2nd. I guarantee there's going to be a big-ass freaking UFC card that be weekend. A, too. I was just going to get you that. I was like, there has to be a night. massive uh, UFC card that night. And yeah. probably something with something else, a concert or a boxing or well, norm- whatever. Normally, that July 4th weekend is one of the biggest MMA fight weekends of the oh, calendar. Oh, Dana White's always, Vegas. usually 4th of July is usually their biggest venue in the summer. That's why I'm like, July, that's why yeah. I said like, I, that could be a, a, a slight against that, but like Nashville, the thing about Nashville, it's a it's it's a more intimate stadium, but the drive from Atlanta is short, the drive from Birmingham is short, the drive from from St. Louis is short. It's a it's a nice location in right in the central where yeah. people can drive. Memphis, you know, it's just a very short drive where that you can get to more people. I, I was more thinking people that too. Through. Plus, Nashville is a is a is a destination. Yeah, yeah, man, dude, big music, uh, music tourism. I mean, um, yeah, no, it, it definitely will draw people there for more than just a wrestling event. Like you can actually make a weekend in Nashville and have a good time out of it. But yeah, to your point, uh, having two big stadium fields for WWE in America within a month is kind of strange. I'll give you that one, especially for Money in the Bank. Is so like, like in June they say, oh, in June we're going to be in the United Kingdom, and they have the big show in in Wales. Okay. And then next next month it's in Vegas. Okay, that's that's a it's cool because it's two different continents. Yeah. But in the same continent, eh, nah, that's kind of like doing it. And then I hate to say this, but it brings me back memories back in the nineties with WCW. They were doing big stadium shows just for their freaking Monday night shows, 
and that's where they kind of lost money on. Yeah, mm-hmm. they did. So because right now you can't draw shit for Raw anywhere no. you go or SmackDown. So. Well, actually, you, you mentioned Raw, and this might be a perfect segue to bring up the fact that we got several big returns on this week's edition of Raw. We've been... This, kind of Simon Miller talked about that this week, was like, why didn't we get this Raw the night after WrestleMania? Because right. you had, like, two returns, and we really didn't get... Uh, I, nah, I can't even have to go back and see what the hell we got the night after WrestleMania, so... No, for nothing. As for returns, I think we got one or two, but it wasn't Beer. like... Oh, yeah. No, we finally got Veer after we were oh, promised yeah. Veer for, like, six, seven months. We finally got Veer. And it's just like... Okay, so... I'm, okay, so can, go ahead. Oh, we can talk oh, about... Can, can I ask something? Who the fuck is Veer? EJ, this is gonna... I don't want to go on this tangent, but all you need to know is, like... You can say the same thing when we were in the Unalakeford Arena. Who's Sagat Singh? It's the Indian market. Let them make their money. Oh, uh, you got one over a billion people in India... They need to be represented somehow. Represent them. It's like Hollywood doing that, going to China. Like, hey, man, if we can make more money over there, we'll cater to what they want. Just do it. That's all I'm going to say on that. Yeah, but then, that but then we already through. do that with Jinder Mahal. And it didn't work. I, I know, Randy, but we need to try again. <laughs> We're going to keep fucking trying, okay? Look, don't hit so, no Jinder, but... Well, we got a tangent here, all right? Too. No, Asuka's back, and we've been asking for months, because she's been a healthy scratch for a long time. Where the fuck is Oscar? The last time that we saw her um, was at Money in the Bank uh, back in July of 2021. Um, but she ended up returning last night, interrupting uh, Becky Lynch during her segment on the show. Um, kind of made it known that she's ready to challenge Becky and she's also ready to go after the Raw Women's Championship to go after Bianca Belair. Um I don't, it, thoughts on this? Because I, I don't necessarily want Asuka to be brought back just to get jobbed out to Bianca because Bianca needs people to face. But Well, here's the thing. Becky Lynch just lost to Bianca. So do I realistically see Asuka coming back and then beating? That's two losses on Becky's record back-to-back. I don't see that, if I'm being honest with you. At the same time, though, could that be could that maybe strengthen her character to go from big-time Bex to all of a sudden being in a slump, being... Uh, Maybe it's, I'm sorry, I mean, maybe it's because uh, Becky Lynch is going, is taking time off. Could be. Could be taking off soon for movies or TV roles. You know what, they should do that with her because if you take her off TV with as big as her character is right now and then have her come back later and then set up that feud with Ronda Rousey for next year's <coughs> WrestleMania, I'm fine with that. But they need to do something with Asuka. Why bring her back now? You need to do something with her. Now, and here's the thing, Bianca just won the belt. Do I realistically see her losing the belt soon? Possibly, because she did win the belt last year at WrestleMania, so it doesn't have to be as long as a feud. You had your two magic moments at Mania back-to-back, so we'll see. What do you think? Do you think anything? I just Well, hmm. I just don't know if now is the time to pull the trigger on an Asuka-Bianca feud. Dude, I don't like, see them going that route. I see it being Rhea ripley but maybe not now. Maybe she joins Edge's stable. But I'm sorry. Maybe you maybe you build towards that match at SummerSlam. Yeah, good call. But I don't I don't I don't think you give that away right away. Like I do feel like Rhea would probably be the best person because you know have her feud against a heel. Mm-hmm. You know you can get a couple of months out of that or a couple of premium live events out of that. And then I think for a big premium live event like a SummerSlam. 
Asuka, Bianca, that would be a money match. I don't know. I don't know what they're gonna do with Asuka. I see her finally return. I was happy she returned, but I just don't see a good outcome for her. Plus, I also feel like you got to build Asuka back up. She hasn't been on TV in almost a year. So if you put her against Becky, yeah, okay, let her beat Becky, then Becky goes away for a little while, and then what do you do with her? Do you just kind of have her going up against some other people, and then if you build up the feud, then maybe three months from now and have her fight Bianca, I'm fine with that. That's what I'm saying. Well, you could maybe get a month or two out of a becky Oscar feud. Get, yeah, new in WWE, you'll get three. But yeah, hopefully you get like two max, two months out of it maybe. Yeah. She beats her once, and that's a fluke. And then she beats her again. Then you definitely beat her. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Like I said, we'll, we'll see how they book this out. WWE doesn't always have the best track record when it comes to I this type want, of shit. But. I want old girl to come back as. I want the crowd going saying, she's going to kill you. Oscar is good. You're not going to get NXT Oscar. I'm sorry. You just won't. They, they, they should have did it when she won the Royal Rumble, and then she lost to fucking Charlotte Flair at uh, WrestleMania. Then you were like, that was it. I took all the momentum from her. There was a time when uh, Triple H was running NXT, and he goes, Vince, you can take anybody from this roster. Please leave me Asuka. Because she was like 500 plus days as champion. She was their Goldberg. Or like a woman's Goldberg in a sense that she was undefeated. She was a badass. But Well, I was going to say, well, not too much time on Asuka. We also had another big return on Raw in Mustafa Ali. All right, that's it. That's the end of this segment. <laughs> don't go further. We don't need to go further about this. This is not a, a fucking big return. But to the people out there, go. I'll just briefly touch on this, man. I'm not, a, I'm, not a, like, I'm not a Mustafa Ali fan in the sense that like, he does nothing for me. He's a decent worker. I respect the fact that he was a Chicago policeman. But, like, what, what is he going to do with the company now that he's back? Do you realistically I, well, see him being a champion? I think, well, I think it's big in a sense that there was there was strife there between him and WWE for a while. He wanted a release. WWE wouldn't give it to him, so they kept him off of TV for a while. Now he's back. They put him in... Um, uh, a nice mid-card feud, like he's made his intentions clear that he wants to go after the U.S. championship. He wants to face off against Theory. Um, Champa, who, by the way, had his name shortened. Let's, that's let's talk about that's the news right there. You're going to fucking shorten... Uh, I don't know why you're surprised yeah. by that. That's what they've been I'm doing. Not, I'm not surprised, but god damn. Why ain't Mustafa Ali's Mustafa... Why don't we just call him fucking Ali? Dude, Austin Theory is now just Theory. It's like, fuck Austin. I got my stunned by Stone Cold Steve Austin. I'm now at, at least there, At least in a sense, there's a bit of storyline behind it. He yeah. doesn't want to associate himself with Steve Austin because it's better. So I now was going to kind of go okay. down that route. It's yeah. still stupid, but at least there's a, a tangible, explainable premise behind it. Okay? Like... I, the Champa thing, to me, I don't think is as big of a deal because to it's... Me, how many times have we just referred to him as Champa? Because, like, to me, like, in NXT, when I first heard his name, like, I was like, Tommaso Champa. I was like... it. I was like, you should shorten that a little bit. I thought that back then. You'd be like, oh, that's you American, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, he's American, but it's just the, the name just doesn't... F- and everybody's called him Chompa That's anyway. not. I mean, it, it's not like the Kaylee Ray situation in NXT where they changed her name to <laughs> something completely different. Yeah. I can't think of it off the top of my head. That's another maybe news nugget we could have thrown out there, but it's NXT 2.0, so meh. But don't exist. <laughs> but but no, like it, to me, it just it, it it's an organic thing. It's not. It, it, you know, it's like when Antonio Cesaro became Cesaro. I was fine with that. Yeah, I mean, it's like that's okay. Some of the other ones don't make sense, like Matt Riddle being Riddle. 
after everybody, if you watch MMA, you know that his name is fucking Matt Riddle. Right. You know, it, but look, I just, let's just go through some of the things. How many great wrestlers in, in the history of wrestling has only one fucking name? Aside from Sting? Exactly. I really... Hulk Hogan, Hollywood Hogan, Macho Man. Fucking Macho Man. Macho Man Reigns. That fucking four fucking words. Yeah, four words. Uh, well, the nature boy and the Flair. dragon steamboat. Or, Rick Flair. Or just, Dwayne Johnson became the, the rock. rock. Just the so, rock. Yeah, the I, I, get, rock. I, get, I get it's two words. It's two still, it's. But first, it was Rocky Maravilla. Right. But the rock. It's still the two. It's two words. The rock. Not one fucking word. Not rock. That's not good. Yeah, but the, the, the rock. Undertaker. The, the Undertaker. The rock. Two syllables. Ta, ma, so, chompa. Five. So. Okay. Ricky. The Dragon Steamboat. Okay. Yeah, but they would also just Everything call him Steamboat. Everything in the 80s made sense. Hollywood, Hoke, Hoke. No. The Ultimate Warrior. Triple H. You know, it's like, I... Well, it's not a Hunter Hearst Helmsley. HBK. Uh, Kane. But everyone knows. RBD. There you go. Kane and... Sabu Taz. I'm just thinking of one, like, well, kind actually, of well, no, well, no, there you go, though. You, you asked about what, like, great right. wrestlers with one name. You just came out of Taz. Sabu. Sabu. Uh, I'm thinking, like, like historic, yeah. like, big franchises, yeah, like, big wrestling promotions. Really nobody. Exactly. Um, the Iron Sheik. The like, they all had their whole name with their little nickname gimmick. You know, unless you would go Andre. But other than that, we all would even say their, the Even their... Great champion right now, Roman Reigns. Two words. Yeah, that's all I was going to say. I don't think the Ciampa thing is as big of a deal. Oh, we just call him Reigns. Reigns. Ah, Reigns. Seth frickin' Rollins. So, yeah, I know. Some people get the short end of the stick. Some people, they just... It's all politics. All but, right, we're uh, going we're gonna to move, move on. on. Yeah. Um, so, actually, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling's president uh, is discussing the potential forbidden door you know follow-up oh, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. How funny is it that, you know, McMahon always changes, wants to go shorten the names up, right? But when he gets older, his name gets longer. It was just Vince McMahon Jr. Now it's Vincent Kennedy McMahon. His name gets fucking longer. When you're when you're the owner of the company, uh, yeah, he's not the owner. Whatever, he he whatever hates the whole. junior thing, but yeah. Well, no, excuse he's me. He's, he's, the the C- no he's the CEO you know, of the company. I'm just saying. I, I'm sorry. I just I thought it was funny. Getting back to what I was saying in AEW news, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling's president um, discussed the potential Forbidden Door follow-up event in Japan if the demand is there. Um, Forbidden Door will be a remarkable event as it is bringing the two promotions together for one special night of elite in-ring competition. Uh, but with the pay-per-view several weeks away, some fans are already curious about a potential sequel. Uh, AEW has continued to strengthen its relationship with New Japan, and the Super Show is the latest step in the evolution of the working arrangement. Uh, according to New Japan Pro Wrestling President Tamaki Albari, yeah. having a joint show in Japan could be a possibility if there's demand for it. Uh, he addressed the possibility during an interview with Justin Barrasso of Sports Illustrated, uh, stating that because travel between the two countries is opening back up, there will be an impetus for New Japan to explore holding a show like Forbidden Door in Japan. Um, 
basically, uh, Obari, you know, mentioned like traveling between Japan and the U.S. is no longer a significant problem. Um, and if Japanese fans are invested in this event and the demand is there, there will absolutely be the impetus for us to take the next step of holding such an event in Japan. I'm not going to say too much on this one. I'm just going to say the fact that New Japan was hurting for a while with COVID because Japan just was like really strict with um, travel. Mm. I think they may, I think Tony Khan may give him like, hey man, you do us one, we'll give you one. Like, we'll do something for you in Japan. We'll bring some of our guys. We'll do maybe a show for you in Japan, possibly. If anything, too, though, it's to AEW's benefit to do that because then you expose yourself even more to the Japanese market and that gets you even more eyeballs. So that if we do eventually get to a point where we have an AEW streaming service, whether that's on HBO Max or something along those lines, Mm -hmm. there'll be even greater demand overseas and the to, tr- to maybe and the truth sign be told up and is subscribe. A lot of those guys in the AW roster wrestled in Japan. So, right. I mean, you have a... Like, people would want to see those guys You come already back. have built-in relationships exactly. there. Exactly, yeah. So the fans would know who these guys are and would want to see them come back for a match or two. Um, yeah. Um, another little t- uh, AEW tidbit to throw in there, uh, the fact that Hangman Adam Page came out on Twitter today and explained that he would not be at... Dynamite this week because he's come down with the Rona. Um, that he's sick with COVID, staying at home. Well, I mean, kind of kind of hurts the build uh, maybe a little bit that they've been having with him and Paul well, kind of teasing that match for the next big pay per view. Because yeah, I didn't really want to go into too much of a tangent on this one because like we talked about this off off air with uh, Adam Page. You know, with, nowadays luckily with COVID, there's only a five day. Um, quarantine, so he'll be back next week. Um, you know, before then it was ten days, so he'd be gone for two weeks minimum. Well, he has to stop showing symptoms for five days. Oh yeah, true. And then, but more likely he'll be back next week. And we kind of touched on this, like how I was reading an, art, uh, an article online social media, how some fan on one of his wrestling pages says, "Hey man, why is you know Adam Page? I don't want to go into too much of a tangent." You just kind of feel that like he's having these delays that are kind of stalling his momentum as champion. That's taken away from a great build that it should be. Because when you look at who he's wrestled through the long haul, and you know, they're trying to set up the Punk feud. You still have plenty of time to get there in May. That's mm-hmm. a good thing about having four pay-per-views. It will be, I don't know if you want to count the Forbidden Doors five, but let's just say the regular four that they've had. You have time to build up a feud instead of just forcing one like WWE does right away for the next month's premium live event. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, no, I mean... it. Like, you brought it up. Uh, I guess I'll delve into my insight on it a little bit more. It's not news-related, but... No, I do, I do feel like that part of the fun and excitement of the Hangman Adam Page title reign was the chase. You had a great two-year story build mm-hmm. of this lovable loser that would always come so close, but then fall just short. Yeah. And... You got you got behind him organically because it was like that underdog story that like can he pull it out? Can he pull it out? And he does. Okay, he finally does against um, Kenny Omega. Great match. He has a great feud with Brian Danielson. Mm-hmm. I mean, a series of great matches. Two bangers. Yeah. Um, the Lance Archer match was was it was a fair match. Good. It was decent. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then Adam Cole stuff's been been pretty good too. But I do feel like it, it's fallen off a bit. Because I don't think necessarily the character has evolved as much. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he still gives like that white meat babyface promo of like you know I'm not gonna back down from a challenge. You know I'm not scared of anything. Blah, blah. 
But, like, at the same point in time, I don't feel like... I mean, fans are still connecting because, I mean, cowboy shit, you know, is I there. I just like saying but, it, but it, I don't feel like he's been a part of Dynamite or Rampage on a weekly basis or really there at all. He feels kind of absentee-ish at times. And if he is mm-hmm. on the card, it's, like, for maybe a quick promo or something, or if he's there at all. Well, but then it, but then it also goes back to we were talking about the issues with AEW's bloated roster, and it's like you yeah. have to fit in everybody. You you have to fit in as many people as you can week in week out. You don't necessarily need to have your he's world champion your there champion. every you week. Push him as like your top guy because he's the top guy. I don't feel that he he gets that nod, or he doesn't feel as important as some other guys. Now you, you you would you would feel like like Kenny Omega or someone like that would even if they weren't wrestling on the card or whatever like that they would still have a segment or a quick segment to let you know like hey champions here blah. he's dead yeah so and then some of the time like some of the matches he's had like he's like I know Punk's wrestled some young guys to put them over but that's Punk he's already established himself when he when Adam Page does that it just kind of makes him feel like less of a champion like oh okay no offense to Dante Martin but when you wrestle a Dante Martin or like a young guy who's only 20 years old a rookie and that's you're you're, you're the WWE star like I know that feels like old school like WWE superstars feel and I don't I don't know man it just doesn't make you feel as big as I think that you should be like okay you're giving kudos to the young guys as champion which is great but um I don't know, man. It, it's just like could you were touching upon like the chase is better than the actual finally getting to it. Mm-hmm. You were there along the journey. Now that he's got the title, it kind of takes away some of the. It's plateaued a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And look, I love, I'm a fan of Pink Pink fan, and I really do like him. I'm glad he's champion. Yeah. I just kind of wish this <coughs> championship reign felt more significant than what it has. Is all I'm saying. Uh, but yeah, we can. Yeah. I said this before you fucking won the title. Oh, sh- I'm oh, sorry. Sorry. Oh. No. No, it's Ramsey's point. He said Boom. this, and I, me and Randy argued the point of him being champion, and I still stand by that because he is champion. I still stand by it, too. You but can win a fucking championship. It's also a matter of build and how you build these um, feuds and everything like that. And I don't necessarily feel like the build has been there to the level. Okay, well, that this is what I wanted about. to touch on real quickly. When he was gone from COVID this week, a lot of people, they don't touch upon the fact that when he was having this forward momentum and then he had his first child and he took off a couple of weeks. I think that really did put a stall in his build-up to the Kenny Omega feud because he was off TV for a couple of weeks. So then it was like, we're cheering for you each week, you're getting bigger and bigger. Oh, well, then you're not here for the next three weeks because you just had a kid. Rightfully so, you take time off. But to the point that I think it did stall him. So when he came back and he won the brass ring, he was the, uh, the surprise entrant. Mm-hmm. But it was still kind of like... Oh, yeah, that's right. We like you. Oh, no, that place popped as soon as his music hit, and they realized, like, oh, shit, he's the Joker. And then when he won, that place popped even louder. So it's like, I I don't necessarily buy that, but I do feel like you lose out on weeks of, you know, building. You could have told a bigger build-up, in my opinion, if you had those weeks with him. Well, but the two two is, like, yeah, you might deserve to win the title, but maybe the build-up was great. It was great for the fans, for for y'all. I don't know. Not for me, but it's great. You know, it has a build up. But now he's champion. I always, like I was saying, is he ready to be champion? He was ready to win the championship, but he wasn't ready to be champion. Well, yeah. Because even and- with the build up, he it just doesn't. He, he doesn't. It. He doesn't ooze his champion. You he doesn't keep, have that. You know. You got to keep in mind too. This is a guy that's been wrestling since what twenty ten. He's been wrestling for a long time, man. He's been doing a lot of good things on different promotions. And with the Elite, I like the fact that they made one of their 
guys because he was he fought for the first ever with Chris Kosherko for the the, uh, the winner is your first un, uh, AEW champion. Mm-hmm. So he'll always have that. And the fact that they finally the two year build up, he's he is over with the crowd. I'm I'm all for it, you know. And I'm, I'm glad at least he can say he had a title run within the company. I'm cool with that. I'm really am good with that. Sometimes, well, I was also gonna say too though, like sometimes your first taste of championship gold, you're still figuring shit out. Like yeah. you know, like maybe maybe his first reign, like like granted, we'll remember the victory. Yeah. But like maybe his first reign won't be as memorable as maybe some other reigns down the line. I could see him but, losing the belt and then kind of reinventing himself or doing something else with this character that gets over even more, and then. Bam, this is what we're going to be remembered for. Ram Ramsey is just... I'm just going to say, there's a reason why you have a secondary belt, is to put put it on people to see how they react with the belt. Like, we know if you crown Darby Allen as champion, he's going to wear that belt very well. He carried himself as TNT championship very well. Adam Page never had that. And you just slap on a fucking... There's, there, you're the face of the fucking thing. And now it's like... He couldn't. He he just didn't. He's not leaving up. He does not live up to that prestige. He can wrestle, but he just can't do everything else around it. It kind of looks like uh, ah, I don't want to say the name. To me, it sounds. It, this is like Ultimate Warish. The buildup was great with with Warrior and Hogan, but then it was just like, oh fuck, let's get that fucking title off that motherfucker. I'm not, I'm not going that far. I, just, yeah. I get what you're saying in the sense that, you know, everybody was well, over I'm Warrior, right now, and then they when they made people, Warrior, they have, they, guy, have, they have people right now in that organization that can be that world champion and take that belt and carry it further than what he has so far. Just saying. I've been well, saying I think that. it's AEW's responsibility to kind of help him get over, and I mm-hmm. think they haven't really done a good job promoting him as champion. That's my argument. Yeah. Also, if you're I the champion, that. too, like, you, 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 have, you want to take time off and shit? I understand that. That's great. But well, he's thinking this is forced because of COVID, but it just kind of concludes to other things. Like I feel like every time he's getting ahead, something's kind of knocked down his reign a little bit or stalled his momentum. That's that's the world telling you this reign needs to be over with, and you get your other time in the future. Let's just say this: it it will be over with at the next pay per view. I'm fairly certain. You're mentioning taking time off, and it seems like a great segue into an impact story. So yes, TNA does find a way to make its uh, way into our rundown. But uh, the Inspiration uh, have announced that they are indefinitely stepping away from in ring action, um, and this is kind of crazy considering they just redebuted not that long ago, October of 2021. Uh, but Cassie Lee and Jesse McKay are stepping away uh, from in-ring action. They released a joint statement announcing their departure from Impact Wrestling. Uh, the pair thanked the company for their experience and teased a new chapter in their careers in the future. Um, when they made their return in October 2021 uh, at the Bound for Glory pay-per-view event, uh, they won the Knockouts Tag Team Championship. Uh, and held the title for 133 days before losing him to the influence at Sacrifice in March. Uh, Tennille Dashwood and Madison Rain uh, also served as the final opponents for the inspiration yep. in the company. This past pay-per-view. Um, as they rematch. met at Countdown to Rebellion uh, pre-show uh, on April 23rd in Poughkeepsie. Yeah, once they lost that belt, this wasn't a shock to me at all. I figured, you know, they were only going to be there for a couple of months, and I figured they'd do something else. I feel like they're not they're great in-ring workers, and I think 
their success outside of wrestling would be a lot more. They could do they could do whatever they want, really. I mean, they make a ton of money doing you know modeling. I'm not gonna, I'm not just saying just modeling, but they could do other stuff too, acting or whatever. They're a shitload of money on OnlyFans. Hmm. They wanted to go that route. Absolutely, they could. That's up to them. But I mean, the fact that they just premiered in Bound for Glory and that it's already what April six months and they're gone. I'm not saying I'm totally shocked by that. But look, you know, inspiration. They're entertaining, Canada, they can, but they weren't they a good in ring in ring. And if it's a summertime where it's a nice day, I, I remember doing great, great job, Ramsey. Great job. Ignore, ignore. It's all good. <laughs> we'll go on to the last one. We'll, we'll close out the rundown with uh, even more uh, intrigue coming out of this Tammy Sitch situation uh, as she comments on the fatal crash, claiming that she had a seizure. Um, she uh, is claiming that the seizure was the cause of the latest car accident last month in Florida. Um, in case you don't know, or you've been living under a rock, she was involved in a car accident on March 25th, which caused the death of a 75-year-old man named Julian L. Lassiter. Um, she was not arrested uh, and is waiting the results of her toxicology report, uh, but she finally broke her silence recently on the accident, uh, as well as the claim of what caused the tragic incident. Uh, when asked by someone on social media how fast she was going and if she was drunk or high when she was involved in her latest incident, uh, Sitch claimed that she had a seizure and that's what caused the accident, tweeting out, hmm, about 10 miles an hour since I was slowing down to the light, but he had a heart attack, nothing to do with my seizure. Uh, in a separate tweet, Sitch also stated that it was her, her car involved in the accident, not her boyfriend's vehicle, as some other people have speculated. Uh, as far as the current criminal investigation uh, is ongoing um, in Sitch's situation, uh, Mike Johnson, a PW Insider, spoke to the Ormond Beach Police Department who issued the following statement. Uh, we have received part of the toxicology report. Uh, if charges are filed, they will not be until the investigation is completed. We will update the press release once a decision is reached. So, still an ongoing investigation. Sitch is claiming that it was a seizure. Could very well have been the case, but yet again, bitch doesn't have a license. Why the fuck is she driving anywhere? No, hundred percent. Yeah, I, I one thousand percent agree with you. I mean, especially look given her history of driving under the influence, being arrested seven times for DUI. I mean, from this sounds like a lawyer answer to me. I mean, just say you had a seizure, you know. But then again, you had a suspended license. You should not on the wheel check period but like this is a big deal in the sense that like this she's really fighting for her life and her freedom and honestly like because if she does the toxicology report comes back and the truth of the matter is is like even if she has drugs in her system doesn't necessarily mean she was high at the time she drove like drugs in your system for a while but with her background that's gonna be very that toxicology report, no matter what that toxicology report comes back with if there's any semblance of anything in her system she is Mm-hmm. Like that's it for her. She's gonna get the judge will throw the fucking book at her because of her priors. Well, she's been arrested what seven times or something crazy like yeah. that. Seven DUI arrests. That's insane. Insane. It, you know, and, and it's also one of those things too that it's like you know, I mean, granted the court of public opinion, and I, and you know, I try to be, I try to give people the benefit of the doubt because I, I for one do believe in innocent until proven guilty, although the court of public opinion is the opposite of that. I 100% agree. But it's boy cry wolf. How many times are you going to fuck up before you lose that benefit of the doubt? A person died just now. Now, if this would have been your first one and that happened, I always try to feel for the other person's side of their story. But the fact that this is like numero whatever, (laughs) and you're fucking... 
like now somebody dies because of something stupid. You know, you behind the wheel when you're suspended, you shouldn't be behind the license anyway. Whatever. Man. Well, you know, like like again, to me, all hope for Citra's loss. Like if if you want a perfect encapsulation of just where her life is now fact that what was it uh two three years ago bitch got arrested three times in a 24-hour period yeah, for the same that's thing. right yeah trying to break into an ex's apartment to get shit or whatever like that like uh, it's sad man because it you is know, sad I... you, you you have fond memories of like her from the late 90s as a wrestling fan and as a male for you know, a young lad in the '90s. Yes, I do yeah. finally remember uh, Sunny '96. Yeah. I I had several posters on my wall. Not afraid to to admit that. But uh, but but yeah, no, it, it's just it's really sad that fast forward 20 years and he, here's where we are. Drugs are a bitch, man. Drug addiction's a bitch, and uh, yeah, it's just sad, man. I thought, oh, dude, that sucks. I was gonna say that's all the news stories I've got for this week. Anything else you want to toss in before we uh, we cut it? No, that's all I got, too. Just a question. Hmm. Will Punk's title win next month pop be bigger than Hangman's? Well, if it's in Chicago, damn sure it will. But <laughs> I think it's Vegas, and I think it will. Huh? As long as they put on a good show, I think it'll get a decent pop. Any title change is going to get a good pop, no matter who becomes champion initially. I wonder, I wonder what happened tonight. So, we'll see. Ooh. Well, that'll do it for this week's edition of the Rage and Rundown. Thank you so much for tuning in, as always. We appreciate your feedback and your support. Uh, stick around. We're about to record our uh, weekly podcast segment. Uh, I think it's going to be a bit of a doozy. It's going to be a fun one. Um, but for the Rage and Marks, I'm Ravishing Randy. I'm TNK. Oh, fuck. What's my name? Rampy. We'll see you next time. <laughs>